Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. I'm just testing this out to see if it works. Uh, someone tell me I need a little background music. Well, um, yep, this is another episode of The Informed Catholic, and I believe this is episode 11 um, of the new year. So, I'm going to try out uh, a little something from a book called uh, one of my favorites. It's a classic of the spiritual life, The Way of the Pilgrim, and the pilgrim continues his way. I may not read the whole thing. I'm not going to plan to do that, but I do want to read some of the earlier parts, which I really, really enjoy. Uh, This book, I fell in love with it a couple of years ago because it was just uh, beautiful. Uh, The fact that the title, The Way of a Pilgrim, And since Christianity had in its early beginnings, the title, it was called The Way. You see that in the book of Acts, because our Lord referred to himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And he also said in the parables, uh, the way to hell is wide, it's broad, but the way to heaven is straight and narrow. And very few people, few people get there. Very few people make it. Um, you know, you have to pick up your cross and follow me. And um, this is important. We have to really um, focus on the uh, on the Christian life. This particular book, uh, no one knows who the author is. It's by an anonymous person. Um, it's about an individual who finds himself at liturgy or Russian Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox liturgy, the Orthodox church. The story is an, is a Russian, um, it's a Russian, um, mystical tale. It's a spiritual tale and it's beautiful. Um, let me turn this off now. (laughs) There's only so much, uh, sound effects. I think I can handle, uh, or else I can't think or be able to, to do this. It's a beautiful story. Uh, let me see the back. I th- I'm going to read the back a little bit. It's uh, easier, I think, than reading the introduction by the translator. It's an extraordinary account on the life of a wanderer in Christ who has done a great deal to bring the soul of Eastern Christianity to light in the Western world. Uh, it's probably ta- This is by Helen I- Izwalski. The Pilgrim, the Pilgrim's spon- uh, Spontaneous Ministry of Love to his fellow men, his earnest wrestling with the problem how to pray continually, his humble receptiveness to the promptings of God became a shared religious experience with the reader who, accessible to uh, to persons unschooled in formal theology or complex mystical devotions. Um... You know, he wants to know how to play, how to pray continually. We're going to see that right away from the beginning. And I think it's just worth it uh, to let's, let's really look into this particular translation. I think we'll enjoy it. All right. So let's begin with the first chapter. All right. Chapter one. By the grace of God, I am a Christian. By my deeds, a great sinner. And by my calling a homeless wanderer of humblest origin, roaming from place to place, 
My possessions consist of a knapsack with dry crust of bread on my back and in my bosom the Holy Bible. This is all. On the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, I came to church to attend the liturgy and entered just as the epistle was being read. The reading was from St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, which says in part, Pray constantly. These words made a deep impression on me, and I started thinking of how it could be possible for a man to pray without ceasing when the practical necessities of life demand so much attention. I checked my Bible and saw with my own eyes exactly what I heard, that it is necessary to pray continuously. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. To pray in the Spirit on every possible occasion. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. In every place to lift up your hands reverently in prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I thought and thought about these words, but no understanding came to me. What shall I do? I thought. Where can I find a person who will explain this mystery to me? I will go to the various churches where there are good preachers, and perhaps I will obtain an explanation from them. And so I went. I heard many very good homilies on prayer, but they were all instructions about prayer in general. What is prayer? The necessity of prayer and the fruits of prayer. But no one spoke of the way to succeed in prayer. I did hear a sermon on interior prayer and ceaseless prayer, but nothing about attaining the form of prayer. Inasmuch as listening to public sermons, I had not given it, it had not given me any satisfaction. I stopped attending them and decided with the grace of God to look for an experienced and learned person who would satisfy my ardent desire and explain ceaseless prayer to me. For a long time, I traveled through various places. I read the Bible and asked for the whereabouts of a spiritual teacher or a devout and experienced director. After some time, I heard of a nobleman in a certain village who takes his salvation seriously. I was told that he had a chapel in his home and does not go out but spends all his time praying and reading spiritual books. When I heard this, I ran to the mentioned village and sought out this God-fearing landowner. What can I do for you? he asked me. I heard that you are a devout and wise man, and I came in the name of God to ask you to explain to me the meaning of the words of St. Paul's, pray constantly. How is it possible to pray continuously? I am very eager to know this and cannot in any way comprehend it. The gentleman was silent for a moment. Then he looked at me intently and said, ceaseless interior prayer is a continuous aspiration and a yearning of the spirit of man toward God. To succeed in this sweet exercise, it is necessary to ask God frequently that he teach you to pray continuously, pray often and fervently, and pray itself 
will reveal, prayer itself will reveal this mystery to you. How it is possible for it to be continuous, but it takes time. Having said this, he ordered the servants to give me food. He gave me some money for the road and dismissed me, but he did not explain ceaseless prayer. Again, I, I went, I thought, I read, and meditated on the words of the nobleman, but I could not understand, and my, de my desire to understand became so intense that even my sleep was disturbed. I continued my journey for about two hundred versets, and then found myself in a large provincial city. I saw a monastery at the inn where I stopped, and I heard the superior of the monastery was very kind, devout, and hospitable to strangers. I went to him. He received me warmly and offered me some refreshments. Reverend Father, I said, I do not need refreshments, but I would like you to give me spiritual advice. I would like to know how to work out my salvation. Work out your salvation? Well, keep the commandments and pray to God and you will be saved. I heard that in it is necessary to pray without ceasing, but I do not know how to pray without interruption, and I cannot even understand what is meant by ceaseless prayer. Please explain this to me, dear Father. I do not know how to make this clear, dear brother, but wait, I have a book which has an explanation, and he brought a, he brought a copy of St. Demetrius' spiritual instructions for the interior man and indicated which page I should read. I began reading the following. The words of the apostle, pray constantly, are to be understood as referring to mental prayer. The mind can be constantly fixed on God and communion with him. This explains to me how the mind can be always set on God and not be distracted, but continuously praying. This is exceptionally difficult to understand unless God himself reveals it, said the Father Superior, and he did not explain. I spent the night at the monastery and in the morning expressed my gratitude for the warm reception and continued with my journey, not knowing where it would take me. I grieved over my lack of understanding and for consolation. I read the Bible for five days, I traveled in this manner on a long and wide road, and toward the evening of the fifth day, an old man caught up with me who looked like a member of some religious community. To my question, he answered that he was a monk and that his hermitage was about ten verstas, versts from the humane road, and he invited me to visit the hermitage. We receive pilgrims and strangers and give them food and lodging in our guest house, he said. Since I had no inclinations to stop there, I replied, my peace does not depend on a place to stay, but on a spiritual direction. I'm not looking for food, as I have enough bread in my knapsack. And what matter of directions are you looking for? What seems to be puzzling you? Come, come, dear brother, visit us. We have experienced elders who can give spiritual nourishment and direct one on the path of truth, according to the word of God and the writings of the Holy Fathers. 
You see, Father, about a year ago, while I was at liturgy, I heard the following admonition from the Apostle Paul. Pray constantly. Not being able to understand this, I began to read the Bible, where in many places I found God's precepts that it's necessary to pray continuously, to pray always, at all times, and in all places, not only while working, not only when awake, but also in one's sleep. I sleep, but my heart is awake. I think Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 2. I was very surprised by this. I could not understand how this could be possible and by what means it could be accomplished. A strong desire and a curiosity took hold of me, and night and day it did not leave me. For this reason, I went from church to church to listen to sermons on prayer, and though I have heard very many of them, I did not receive the desired instruction how to pray without ceasing. In we'll step a little further back. A strong desire and a curiosity took hold of me. Night and day it did not leave me. For this reason, I went from church to church to listen to sermons on prayer. And though I have heard very many of them, I did not receive the desired instructions how to pray without ceasing. The homilies I heard were about preparation for prayer or the fruits of prayer and similar things, but I did not learn how to pray without ceasing or what is the meaning of such a prayer. I kept reading the Bible and in this way I tested what I heard, but I could not find the desired knowledge. And so to this day I am left with bewildered and without peace. The elder blessed himself and began to speak. Thank God, dear brother, for this insatiable desire to understand ceaseless mental prayer, recognizing this a call from God and, and be at peace. Believe that up to this time, your seeking was in accordance with God's will and you were given to understand that heavenly light regarding continuous prayer is not arrived at by worldly wisdom and superficial curiosity. On the contrary, it is discovered in the spirit of poverty and simplicity of heart through active experience. Therefore, it is not surprising that you did not hear about the essential act of prayer and learn how to carry it out without ceasing. The truth is that though there is neither a shortage of sermons nor of treaties of various writers about prayer, for the most part these discourses are based on mental analysis and on natural considerations rather than on active experience. For this reason, they teach more about the external character of prayer than the essence of prayer. One speaks beautifully about the necessities of prayer, another about its power and its benefits, and still another of the means and conditions for its accomplishments, that is zeal, attention, warmth of heart, purity of thought, reconciliation with the enemies, humility, contrition, and so on. And what is prayer? How does one learn to pray? To these primary and most fundamental occasions, one, one seldom finds 
an accurate explanation in the homilies of our time. These basic questions are more difficult to understand than the above-mentioned discourses, and they are and they require mystical perception in addition to academic learning. What is most unfortunate is that worldly wisdom compels these spiritual teachers to measure God's ways by human standards. Many approach prayer with a misunderstanding and think that the preparatory means preparatory means um, that is to prepare something and preparatory means and acts produce prayer. They do not see that prayer is the source of all good actions and virtue. They look upon the fruits and the results of prayer as means and methods and in this way de- depreciate the power of prayer. There is contrary, this is contrary to Holy Scripture because St. Paul clearly states that prayer should precede all actions. First of all, there should be prayer offered. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. The Apostle's directive indicates that the act of prayer comes first. It comes before everything else. The Christian is expected to perform many good works, but the act of prayer is fundamental because without prayer, it is impossible to do good. Without frequent prayer, it is, Im- it is not possible to find one's way to God, to understand truth, and to crucify the lusts of the flesh. Only fidelity to prayer will lead a person to enlightenment and union with Christ. I say frequent prayer because purity and perfection in prayer is not without our reach. As St. Paul the Apostle indicates, The Spirit comes to help us in our weakness when we do not know how to pray. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Consequently, our only true contribution towards perfection in prayer, the mother of all spiritual good, is regularity and consistency. If you win the mother, you will have the children also, says St. Isaac of Syria. Acquire the habit of prayer and it will be easy for you to do good. The basic tr- this basic truth regarding prayer is not clearly understood or presented by those who are lacking practical experience and who are not acquainted with the mystical teachings of the Holy Fathers. The course of this conversation brought us close to the hermitage in order not to let this wise man go and to quickly receive my heart's desire, I hurried to ask him, Please be gracious, Reverend Father, and explain the meaning of ceaseless mental prayer to me and show me how I can learn to practice it. I can see that you are both well-versed and experienced in this matter. The elder received my plea, my plea lovingly, invited me to visit him in his cell. Come, stop by, and I will give you a book of the Holy Fathers, from which, with the help of God, you can learn all about prayer and understand it clearly, in detail. When we entered his cell, the elder said, The ceaseless Jesus prayer is a continuous, uninterrupted call on the holy name of Jesus Christ, with the lips, mind, and heart, and in the awareness of his abiding presence. It is a plea for his blessing in all understanding, in all places, at all times, even in sleep. 
the words of the prayer are, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Anyone who becomes accustomed to this prayer will experience great comfort, as well as the need to say it continuously. He will become accustomed to such a, such a degree that he will not be able to do without it, and eventually the prayer will of itself flow in him. Now, you do understand what ceaseless prayer is, he asked me. Yet, yeah, very clearly, dear Father, for the love of God, please teach me how to make it my own. I exclaimed in joy. To learn about this prayer, we will read from a book called the Fulaklia. This book, which was compiled by 25 holy fathers, contains complete and detailed instructions about ceaseless prayer. The content of this book is of such depth and usefulness that it is considered to be the prime, the primary teacher of, of, of contemplative life, in, uh, contemplative involving deep thought. Contemplative life, as the venerable Nikafrios says, it leads one to salvation without labor and sweat. Is it then more important than the Holy Bible, I asked? No, it is neither more important nor holier than the Bible, but it contains clear exposition of the ideas that are mysteriously presented in the Bible and are not easy for our finite minds to understand. I will give you an illustration. The sun, a great shining and magnificent light, cannot be contemplated and looked at directly. Without the naked eye, an artificial glass a million times smaller and dimmer than the sun is needed to look at the great king of lights, to be enraptured by its fiery rays. In a similar way, the Holy Bible is a shining light and the phylaglia is a necessary glass. Now, if you will listen, I will read how you can learn ceaseless interior prayer. The elder opened up the phylaglia to the account of St. Simon, the new theologian, and began reading, Sit alone and in silence. Bow your head, close your eyes, relax your breathing, and with your imagination, look into your heart. Direct your thoughts from your head into your heart. And while inhaling, say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, either softly with your lips in your mind endeavor to fight distractions but be patient and peaceful and repeat this process frequently the elder illustrated this passage for me and then we read the accounts of saint gregory of sinai and venerable celestius and ignatius all the material which we read in the phylaglia the elder explained in his own words, I listened with attention and delight to everything and endeavored to remember as much as I could. We spent the whole night in this way, and in the morning we went to, to, to matins without having slept. When I left the elder, he, the elder blessed me and encouraged me to come to him for direction and confession during the course of my study of the of prayer. He said that without the guidance of, of a director, it is not 
very profitable to study interior life. Later, while standing in church, I felt a burning zeal to learn ceaseless prayer. And I asked God to help me in uh, in this. Let me read it one more time. Later, while standing in church, I felt a burning zeal to learn ceaseless prayer. And I asked God to help me in this. But then I became concerned about having a place to stay while going to the elder for direction. At the inn, I could not stay more than three days, and there were no apartments available close to the hermitage. Fortunately, I heard of a village about four versts away, and I went there to look. God was with me and helped me find a place. I made arrangements with a farmer to live in a little hut and guard his vegetables garden during the summer months. Glory be to God, I found a quiet place. Now I could begin to study interior prayer according to the method which was shown to me, and I could still visit with the elder. For a week I followed the instructions of the elder and studied ceaseless prayer alone in in the vegetable garden, and for a while I managed then a great burden. uh, For a while there I managed. Then, let me go back again a little bit. For a week, I followed the instructions of the elder and studied ceaseless prayer alone in the vegetable garden. And for a while, I managed. Then a great burden came upon me. Laziness, boredom, drowsiness, and a cloud of disturbing thoughts seemed to overwhelm me. In my sorrow, I went to see the elder and explained my visitation to him. My, My situation to him, excuse me. I went to see the elder and explained my situation to him. He welcomed me lovingly and said, Dearly beloved brother, a war has been declared against you by the world of darkness, a world which finds nothing as terrifying as heartfelt prayer and therefore tries by all means possible to confuse you and distract you from your purpose of learning how to pray. However, even the action of the enemy is permitted by God's will to extend that it is necessary for us, it seems, that your humility needs to be tested and that you are not yet ready to enter the interior of your heart, for you may fall into spiritual greediness. I will read you a directive from the Philaclia regarding such situations. And so the elder found the instruction of the uh, venerable Nicophras of the, uh, the solitary and began, If in spite of all effort you cannot enter the interior of the heart in the way which I was explained to you, which, which, which was explained to you, then do what I will tell you. With God's help you will reach your goal. Man's vocal cords enable him to speak, to vocalize words. Use this ability then, and while fighting distractions diligently and continuously, say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. If you will persevere for some time, then without any doubt, the path of the heart will be open to you. This has been verified through experience. Do you hear what the Holy Father says? Say about about ceaseless, about case similar to yours. Ask the elder. Therefore, you ought to receive this 
exhortation with faith and say the Jesus prayer vocally as often as possible. Here is a a rosary on which you can count and in the beginning say the prayer at least 3,000 times a day. Do not add to or take away from this number by yourself. Through this exercise, God will help you to achieve the ceaseless activity of the heart. I received this instruction joyfully, returned to my place, and began faithfully and as accurately as possible to carry out this directive of the elder. For two days, it was somewhat difficult. Then it became so easy and pleasant that when I was not saying the, the prayer, a need aroused within within me to say it and began to say it then with much greater ease than I had experienced at the beginning. I reported this to the elder and he suggested that I recite the prayer 6,000 times a day. He said, be at peace and faithfully recite the assigned number of prayers. God will reward your effort. For a whole week, I stayed alone in my hut. I recited the Jesus prayer 6,000 times every day, neither worrying about anything, nor paying attention to the distracting thoughts, no matter how severe they became. My, my, My main concern was to carry out the advice of my director as accurately as possible. And do you know what happened? I became accustomed to the prayer that it that it that if for a short while I stopped reciting it, I felt as if I were missing something, as though I had lost something. When would I begin reciting the prayer when I would begin reciting the prayer again, I would immediately feel great joy and delight. If I happened to meet someone then I did not feel like talking, my only desire was to be alone and recite the prayer. I had become so accustomed to it in a week. As the elder had not seen me for ten days, he came to visit me. He listened as I gave him an account of my progress, and then said, You are now accustomed to the prayer, so continue with this good habit and strengthen it. Do not waste any time, but decide, with the help of God, to recite the prayer twelve thousand times a day. Rise early and retire later, late. Stay alone, and every two weeks come to me for direction. I did as the elder suggested, and on the first day I barely completed the assigned number by late evening. At first I felt tired in reciting the prayer constantly. My tongue seemed numb, and my jaw was tight. There was both a pleasant sensation and a slight pain in the roof of my mouth. My left thumb with which I counted the beads, was sore, and there was an inflammation on my wrist, extending to the elbow, which produced a pleasant sensation. All this seemed to attract and compel me to a great accomplishment, and I spent five days faithfully reciting 12,000 prayers a day, experiencing both joy and a longing for the prayer. Once early in the morning, the prayer seemed to awaken me. I got up to read my morning prayers, but my tongue had difficulty in formulating the words, and I was overwhelmed with desire to recite the Jesus prayer. 
And then I started, I started it. It became easy and delightful that my tongue and lips seemed to do it by themselves. I was joyful the whole day and seemed oblivious to everything else. I seemed to be, I seemed to be in another world. With great ease, I recited 12,000 prayers. By early evening, I could have liked to continue, but I could not go against the director, the directions of the elder. For some days, I continued in this manner, joyfully and lovingly calling on the name of Jesus. Then I went to see the elder and told him everything in detail. He listened to me and then said, Glory be to God that now you have both a longing for the prayer and the recitation of it comes easily. This is natural result of discipline and frequent practice which can be compared to a wheel of a machine that has been given a push and then the machine works by itself. Then the wheel needs only to be oiled and nudged for the machine to keep working. Do you see with what excellent gifts the love of the lover of mankind has endowed even the sensual nature of man. Your own experience testifies to that kind of feelings which can be experienced without extraordinary grace. Even in impure and sinful souls, ah, how indescribable, wonderful it is when God de designs to purify a soul from passion and grants to it the gifts of self-activating interior prayer. This condition is difficult to imagine, and the revelation of this secret prayer is a foretaste of heavenly bliss. While the soul is still here on earth, only the simple and loving hearts who are earnestly seeking the Lord are found worthy of this. Now you may recite the prayer as many times as you wish. Call on the name of Jesus all your waking moments without counting, and humbly resign yourself to God's will expecting help from him. I believe that he will direct your path and will not forsake you. Okay, we're going to end it here. Actually, we'll continue. <laughs> I just wanted to see how many pages left after this. After receiving this direction, I spent the rest of the summer reciting the name of Jesus vocally, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a great peace. During my sleep, I often dreamed that I was praying. And if I happened to meet people during the day, they all seemed as close to me as if they were my kinsmen. Even though I did not know them, my, thought, my thoughts had quieted down completely. I thought only of the prayer to which my mind now began to listen, and my heart produced certain warmth and gladness. The long liturgy of the hermits now seems short, and it did not tire me as in the past. My solitary hut was to me like a glorious palace, and I did not know how to thank God for sending me a great, a great sinner, such a holy elder for a director. However, I was not to enjoy the guidance of my beloved and wise father for long, for at the end of the summer he passed away. With tears in my eyes, I thanked him for his paternal love and teaching and said goodbye. I asked for the rosary with which he always prayed in order to have remembrance of him. Now I was left alone.
The summer had finally passed, and the vegetable gardens were harvested. The farmer paid me two rubles, filled my knapsack with bread, and dismissed me. Again, I had no place to live, so I began to wander from place to place. But now my wanderings was very different. Now there was no urgency, urgency driving me. The calling on the name of Jesus Christ comforted me on the road. All the people seemed good to me, and I felt that everyone loved me. One day I began thinking, what could I do with the money which I had earned guarding the vegetable garden? Then it occurred to me that with the elder gone, I could use a copy of the Philaglia so I could continue to study interior prayer. I, pl I blessed myself and continued reciting the Jesus prayer. When I came to a provincial city, I began to inquire about the Falaglia in the various stores. I did find the book in one store, but the price was three rubles and I had only two. I tried to make a bargain, but the salesman would not change the price. In the end, he said to me, go to that church over there and ask the, the sexton. He has an old copy. Perhaps he will sell it to you for two rubles. So I succeeded in getting an old battered copy, and I was happy. I repaired it somehow. I sewed a cloth around the cover and placed the book in my knapsack. So now I walk and say the Jesus prayer without ceasing. And it is more precious and sweet to me than anything else in the world. Sometimes I walk 70, 70 or more verists a day and I do not get tired. I'm only conscious of praying. When the cold air chills me, I began saying the prayer with great intensity. And I, and, and I warm myself. When hunger begins to overcome me, I begin saying the name of Jesus Christ more frequently. And I forget that I, would, I wanted to eat. When I became sick and feel uh, uh, rhythmic uh, pain in my back and legs, I pay greater attention to the prayer. And I do not feel the pain. When someone offended me, I would remember how sweet the... The Jesus prayer is, and the offense and anger disappear, and I forget everything. I walk in semi-conscious state without worrying. Interests and temptation, my only desire and attraction is for the solitude and ceaseless recitation of the, of the Jesus prayer. This makes me happy. God knows what this is all about. Certainly all this is on the sensual level, or as the late elder said, it is natural and artificial result of habit. I am not yet ready to make the interior prayer of the heart of my own because I am ignorant and unworthy. I wait for God's good time and I trust in the prayers of my deceased spiritual father, in my deceased spiritual father. Glory be to God that even though I have not attained the ceaseless self-activating prayer of the heart, I now clearly understand what the meaning of the words of the apostle Paul is pray constantly okay that's the end of chapter one chapter two will come up next time i hope you enjoyed that first part i uh, when i read that years ago when i read this it was great it was beautiful i loved every every minute of it 
It's a beautiful book. A prayer, prayer, prayer. Pray without ceasing. Prayer continuously. And the Christian life is a relationship. The Christian life, being saved, like Scott Hahn says, is one thing. Being saved from, we know. But being saved for is a relationship. And the Christian life is a relationship. It's a relationship with God. Notice his hunger. We don't even know the guy's name. Notice we don't know his name. We don't know anything about him except the fact that he's a pilgrim. And that's us. We're the pilgrim. It's, you know, like, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're in the story. And his hunger and desire to want to know how to pray, eventually his prayer got answered. And of all things, he wound up meeting this holy man, this 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 spiritual uh, elder, this this um his advisor, his director on the road. And it helped lead him to the Christian life, to 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 pray, to the life of prayer. That's fantastic. And notice how he became uh, he was watching a vegetable garden like Adam in the Garden of Eden. He's he's now watching. He's he's attending someone's uh, uh, <laughs> a garden. It's it's it, you know it's it's basically now he's a steward. He's watching a garden, and in a sense, that's like him producing the fruit, the fruit of prayer. It's it's very good, very good. And he found someone who, on the road, who was walking the road, who walked the road of life, who can be a mentor to him and help him to grow. He showed him that this gift, this desire, this hunger is a gift from God. It's, you know, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. And, you know... Then he, he, you know, the, the metaphor of the sun and a, and a special glass and that the church fathers, the teachings of the, of, of the mystics, of those who became before us, help us to see the Bible. The Bible is the sun. There's so much to see that you can get blinded a lot. And a lot of people often, that's why it's so terrible that Protestantism dismisses those who came before us. Although they do use, they do tend to wind up looking into even Catholic saints and even though they look into their um, spiritual masters before them in Protestantism. But you need someone to teach you how to use mathematics. You need someone to teach you how to read. You need someone to teach you how to do something when you get hired in a job. You, you're assigned to someone who know, who's been there before you. They tell you all the, the, the different directives and, and, and emergency things and, and uh, how to stack something, uh, what phone numbers to remember, who to call, how to look up information. All that is because you, you know, when you start a job, you want someone to show you. And so you can learn how to do the job better. So you can one day do it on your own and show someone else if you're still there. It's the same thing with the Christian life. That's why we have instructors. We have older brothers and sisters. We have fellow believers. 
to 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 help us, to guide us, friends, family members, to teach us to, to teach us the Christian life. You know, Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship. We meet Christ through others. Jesus was talking to the pilgrim through the elder. Even though the others, the others gave him, I, you could say, good answers, but they were not enough. They were more intellectual, and that's dangerous. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's deeper. He wanted to know why and how to start praying and and the means to prayer the purpose of it the purpose of it is to go to get stronger with god he had a bible and he had all the basic training of the christian life a lot of catholics do a lot of christians have all the basic training they know all the right answers but not but not a relationship and that's that's something what why many people have to remember in the past everybody knew how, everybody knew their Baltimore catechism but nobody really had a, a a relationship with Jesus nobody talked about their relationship with Jesus nobody talked about prayer May, yeah there was the rosary but there was still more there's more there's more about Jesus Jesus is a, is alive Jesus is not in the past Jesus is alive now. And the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Or sometimes, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then we have, of course, the divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. Sometimes I even say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I love you. And that's that's good. That's good. All those things, there's Actually, if you look in the Orthodox books, there's different methods. Lord Jesus, have mercy on my friend. Lord Jesus, have mercy on my brother. Lord Jesus, have mercy on my family. Lord Jesus, have mercy on 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 him or her. All that is good, and it's good to it's good to do that. It's good to pray for others. That's another important thing. You get more grace and more fruit, spiritual fruit, from praying for others. That's why we should pray for the Pope. We should pray. It doesn't matter if you disagree with him. You should pray for him. You should pray for your priest. And you should also pray for the dearly departed souls in purgatory. That's another one I'm going to do in the future about the souls in purgatory. Purgatory has been abandoned, unfortunately, in this modern Catholic church. It's been abandoned. It's been forgotten. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's sad. But it, we, we need to recover a lot of it. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a relationship. The Bible is a stepping stool. It's one of the most important ones because it's the source of it. And don't listen to these people who discredit the Bible by saying it was written years afterward. That's, that's, that is absolutely ridiculous. That's an intellectual snobbery. Unfortunately, it has invaded a lot of our... Um, our pastors, our priests, and our bishops. A lot of it is intellectual snobbery. Ignore them. Ignore them, please. The Bible is the authentic word of God. And we should read it with the mind of the church. We should read it with the catechism. We should read it through the church fathers, through the saints. 
we need to we need to read it to get to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired it. All right, and we should learn how to read it. We should read it with Catholic eyes, Catholic ears, and a Catholic mindset. And of course, is it literally the Word of God? Yes. Is everything literal? No. There's metaphors. There's allegory. Uh, there's parables, there's poetic language, all right? Jesus never told anyone to pluck out their eye and throw it away. He never told anyone. I mean, yes, he said it, but he said it in metaphor. What he meant by is things that trouble you, things that plague you spiritually. Like, for example, bad teachers who tell you it's not. it was, it was not written by the apostles. Cut them off, cast them away. Look towards good teachers. Scott Hahn, Father uh, uh, Chris Alar, all the others. There's good ones out there. Ralph Martin, Taylor, Dr. Taylor Marshall. You can listen to the people at Church Militant. They will teach you. They will. They you know. There's others, others as well that will teach you how to read the Word of God. Good teachers, not these historical critical method nonsense that that um, were trained for. Um, I guess you can say poster boys of uh, of the modernists. Don't listen to them. Books like these, like the the Way of the Pilgrim, has helped many people to begin their walk, their prayer life. A healthy prayer life is one that will grow in Christ. One will grow in holiness and virtue. There's a lot we need to learn now. We need to learn how to be healthy, good, spiritual Christians. Praying the rosary, reading your Bible, reading good spiritual material. And uh, and you need to have a good, healthy prayer life. Okay? You need to have a good, healthy prayer life. I need to have a good, healthy prayer life. I'm far from it. Trust me. I'm starting to pray the Bible every day. I'm far from it. I'm struggling to do the total consecration to Mary. Um, And I'm going to continue. So please pray for me so I could share it with you when I finally, finally uh, have done it. And we'll do other things. I'm going to continue uh, reading this. Um, Hopefully I'll, um, I can read a few more chapters and I'm going to continue doing the other stuff, articles as well. So God bless and be well.